Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Welcome to Pride. You have reached a stop on our Acast Audio Pride Parade, where we travel around the world to hear from our LGBTQ creators on what pride means to them. So grab your whistle, get your face paint on, and settle into a special celebration of pride. And at the end of this podcast, we'll hear where our Audio Pride Parade is heading next. So stay tuned. Welcome to the next stop in the Acast Pride Parade, taking over from Les Enfants Vont Bien in France, we are Reality Gays here in Los Angeles, and this is our Pride episode. Poodle, it's Pride. Ooh, what you gonna do? We're celebrating gayness. We're celebrating ourselves. <laughs> We're gonna put ourselves out there and say, I'm queer and I'm here. What are you doing? Uh, sitting at home reading Michel Foucault. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. I've been going through a lot of Foucault. It's Pride. <laughs> Poor one gay person just went, <laughs> me too. Oh my God, me too. <laughs> I just finished Edmund White last night. Uh, and you're going to read that and just watch the hours on loop. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, that and um, uh, and the movie Weekend. Uh, what's that? Is that the is that a lesbian drama? No, what's the weekend? It's two gay men about the singer. In, oh. Two gay men in. Uh, you don't know anything about gay movies. That's no. what your pride should be. Because most of them haven't been good. Weekend is. It's Weekend. Andrew Hay who did um, Looking, uh, his first movie. Oh really? Yeah. Oh, never did it just mind. Come this out is... on Netflix. No. Oh. Let, can we be a little more organized for Fine. a Pride episode that our agency, y'all, ACAST, our agency has asked us to do a Pride episode, and we are happy to do that. We this are happy to do Reality Gays yeah. doing Pride. This was messy start, but oh well. <laughs> That's us. That's it's us. Pride. Ew, ew, ew. Ew, ew, ew. <laughs> Why well, wait your time? You know you want to be mine. You know you want to be mine. You know ain't nobody supposed to be here. Just, just tells you how long it is that either that, of us have been to a club. I love that. Probably everyone at ACAST just said we don't have rights for these songs. Stop singing them. It's our own you can, interpretation. You can sing. You can sing about 
six bars and then six bars fun. yes so uh y'all heard the intro and so you know what this is about so we we love that one of the things we love about a cast is uh it's there's not only is it a lot of female voices that we report to uh yeah. but also a lot of diverse uh, there's queer representation, and yes. we love this company, and we love that they're doing this. So they asked us, they asked us to talk about some deep thoughts, poods. I don't know why they would come to reality gaze for our thoughts about pride. <laughs> I'm not not uh, certain. Wow, doesn't okay. seem very. Uh, doesn't do, I don't get the connection. If you wanted to talk about uh, construction or yes. how to frame a house, I think we'd be perfect. <laughs> Yes. Don't you think? Or, yes. you know. Fantasy football. Oh, yes. Yes. <laughs> I've had many fantasies about footballers. Me too. Yes. Some that have come to life. But not the whole team, just the defensive just line. Just the defensive line. You're not a whore. <laughs> <laughs> That's an old joke from it is. way back when. All right. So we, you know, we uh, we just, y'all have heard us talk, you know, sometimes about our growing up like in southern stories yeah but this is never really like just a full-on talking about our experience as well i think Acast is wanting us to talk about what what pride and what as they say the protest and celebration of pride and what it means to us what it was like kind of growing up lgbtq plus in our area and what do we do to celebrate pride what do we what do we what's our relationship like to pride Yes. So we're just going to just talk. It's going to be kind of like just a jam session. And we're just, just talking about session. it. I, been, I think most of our shows are a jam session. <laughs> I don't think there's much uh, of an organization. Don't think it's I any have different. notes, but yeah. it never really shows up in the we show. We just recorded a show. Was it Below Deck where we said we finished? And we were like, we really didn't talk about the show much. Maybe 10 minutes. Yeah. So there you go. You're used to it. If you're here for the, if you're, if you're here new for to it, us, there may yeah. be some people who are new to us. Yeah, so I'm sorry. If you're new to us, <laughs> we cover everything um, really thoroughly. We cover reality shows, and mostly our our big show is Night at Fiance, and you're gonna we're gonna talk about it and may either make fun of it or offer on offer our own our offer. I can't speak. Offer our own commentary. Yes, and I think what kind of the segue into that we're interested in 90 day because it's about people looking for love and so obviously you know there's two ways of you know you can look at yes being lgbtq or especially at least gay and how we both identify um is about who we love but for us too i think uh if we're talking about growing up where we grew up with you in south carolina and myself in oklahoma it wasn't even about who we love we were how do you say poodle quite effeminate we were prissy sissy boys. <laughs> we were prissy sissy boys. Flouncers. <laughs> Flout, always walk as my as my uh, prancers. Yeah, I was a prancer. As my aunt Darla said, "Boy, Matthew sure walks on his tiptoes." <laughs> I'm a tiptoes, and my mom thought it was cute till I was in middle school. Yeah, not as cute when when you when you're a when you're an effeminate boy, you can kind of laugh at it till you get about eight, and yeah. then it's like. Uh, when's the, when's when, he gonna grow out of that? When are you gonna play t-ball, son? Turns out, yeah, I didn't grow out of it. Didn't grow out of it. Not as cute. So if, I think for us, at least I'll speak for me, being gay was almost yes, it was about who I love, but for me, that feels like only ten percent of it for me. From the rest of it, for me, being gay is such a part of how my. Uh, how my spirit moves in the world and how I interpret the world. 
And you mean now or when you were growing up? Um, I think now I'm aware of it. Got it. It was that way when I was growing up. I just didn't have the words for it because. Yeah. Like that little Britain sketch, we were the only gays in the village, so to speak, or at least that's how, what we felt like. That we knew of. That we knew of. Yeah. Then you go to your 10-year high school reunion, and suddenly <laughs> you're making out with Stanley Jenkins, and you're going, boy, <laughs> didn't think this was going to happen, Stan, did you? And here and I am in the cleaning closet uh, again. Yeah. I'd say, what would you think about this, Stan? Shut up and just kiss me again, bro. Okay. <laughs> Don't tell my wife. Don't tell my wife. Uh, no, I think for me, I think you're exactly right. For me, it, it is, was not, uh, there, there's a big connection, obviously, especially for men who sleep with men, uh, a sexual connection. I've, I've talked about my sex life quite yeah. frankly on the we're, podcast we're on familiar. several occasions. Um, not too much. I'm sure none of you would always let me know that. We don't have um, reviews telling us not to do that <laughs> at all. But, uh, growing up. Uh, sex did not even sexuality had nothing to do with it it had yeah uh, you said 10 percent, barely for that for me as a child because you were such i mean we both you were you found music early as a calling yeah. i was i kind of hobby wasn't until later in kind right. of high school I, that i found it but. i was a weird kid growing up in in south carolina rural south carolina upstate rural south carolina where you know, I, mountain people. <laughs> I knew I was very different in the way I communicated, especially with other boys and other and men. I found it difficult to form. I was I, I like my male relatives. It was difficult to know how to talk about. And I was I was hyper aware that I was different from all of the men that I knew. Completely. Yeah. So I was going to ask. I think a lot of people. I was going to ask you this. Have asked me. When did you know you were gay? And for me, I go, mm, I didn't have words for that. I for did while. not have words. So for, for it. me, it was was it for you? Did you know? Did did you was that you knew you were gay, or was it you knew you were different? I knew I was different, and we. Used, At what age do you think that like sunk into you? Five or six. Yeah, it was I, that young. It was when I started going out to like. When I was at home, School. I kind of had like the love bubble of my family and yeah. safety. And yep, yeah, it was kindergarten, kindergarten. And suddenly that first day I went, I got to ask Candy Duvac to be my girlfriend real quick because I got to be like the other boys. And she could beat up the other boys for me. <laughs> it's so interesting you say that because my, my thing was to be the shy kid mm. and to succeed academically to, to get attention. And uh, and I had a very, very vivid inner life. And what you were talking about before about not knowing how to call how I was different. Um, I, I, w I knew I, I was a sissy. Let's, let's be honest. Oh, yeah. I was we were a, called, I was that all called the time. a sissy. And that's one of the reasons for our Facebook group. We call our fans sissies because. Uh, reclaiming. We were claiming it because I, I'm still a sissy. Yes. Um I'm still a sissy boy and I'm now, okay with actually, it. Now actually, yeah, I if to call myself a sissy has no pain behind that anymore I agree. for me. It doesn't it, it, it's a it feels pride. I feel I feel proud. I, that's what was, that was how I was going to launch that but thank you for taking that from me. Um <laughs> thank you for taking and stealing a correlation I was going to make. I was literally saying in the next sentence well, 
and you stole it from me. Just spit it out. I was going to say, but you stole it, so and I'll never get it back. Um, <laughs> I was going to say that that word sissy makes me feel pride again, and I feel nothing now because you've taken it. <laughs> So, yeah. So pride is done for pride me. Pride is done. But I I think just just to follow up, I I think I it was it was growing up. I this is this is weird and it sounds sad, but I don't want anyone to go awe because we all know I hate that reaction <laughs> because it's it's a very easy thing to go awe because that's sympathy and not empathy. Um, and it's much easier to listen and take it in. So don't awe this, y'all. Don't awe. Um, I had no hope of forming an attachment with a woman because I had no feelings for them at mm-hmm. all. I wanted to be friends with them. Mm-hmm. I did not know what sexuality was with a woman. Mm-hmm. And I tried to make myself think that women were pretty, but I had no sexual impulse at all. And that's why I thought... Am I weird because I and then when I got about eight or nine and I talked about this on the podcast, I saw a show with Jonathan Brandis called Sequest DSV. Boy, that you talked about that and that lit up our Facebook group. I'm telling y'all, I saw Jonathan Brandis and I said, I want to be his best friend and I want it just I want him and I to go on trips together and us to be together and just to 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 have sleepovers together. That was it. <laughs> and I went, oh, wait, I like boys. This is a problem. You know, when I, we've never talked about, we, we have mentioned Donna, but for me, you know, I was way more gregarious than you and outgoing. Yeah, I was shy. And so it was kind of like, I was just out there. My parents had to deal with it. And, um, and because I, you know, I say wrongly, I said I found music later. I got serious about music later, but actually. Music was the only way I Second grade, like. I realized I could sing and that was the thing I could do well. But I also realized, uh, like in middle school, I realized I could start to make people laugh. And so that was where I started going with that. But so for me, it was not pulling back for me. I kept, yeah, I like joined every, where you were like academic. I did fine with grades. Um, I mean, that pig still was a valedictorian. Oinky was still beating yeah. me out, but I did pretty good. It was, it was, uh, look where, look where he is today. And look where he is now. He's a very successful OBGYN. He is, yes, right in <laughs> Tecumseh, Oklahoma. The best pig OB, OBGYN uh, you could in, get. Yeah. But, uh, so I was, you know, Joining every club, trying to be very because I didn't play sports, so it was like, how do I get yeah, social? Neither did I. Shocker! But I remember, I'll never forget the first time Blossom came on my screen. Yeah, and Joey Lawrence showed yeah. up with his gorgeous hair. Whoa! And he said, "Whoa!" And I went, "Whoa!" Uh oh, Houston, <laughs> yeah. we have a problem. Houston, we have homosexual. That that, that was what it Joe, was. That was for me. It was Joey and Blossom. And don't you remember that moment of saying, "Uh oh, this is what I am. Yes. This is not good." Now, you, unlike me, you tried to date girls in high school. Oh yeah, yeah. What made mm-hmm. you want to do that? Um, or what made you continue you, to do it? You know, I. So I say I saw Joe. I don't think there's still. It was maybe more subconscious. There wasn't a conscious of. Uh, I'm gay. It was more of like, I thought, okay, I'm enamored with him. And I kind of in my head, 
in a, probably a wrong way, I kind of took that into body image of yeah. they look like this and are super, at least he was, super fit. And I thought, because y- y'all, we all remember where we were when Joey took his shirt off for the first time in Blossom. Oh, yeah. We yeah, all remember. Yeah. And so... I um I was doing my algebra homework for Miss Word. I still remember <laughs> sitting on Again, her couch. <laughs> it's <true>. the cognitive <laughs> dissonance that comes with a math teacher <laughs> named Mrs. Word. It's true. Is something I'll never get over. It's true. So <laughs> the universe failed. <laughs> I know you're right. But if this was a story, <laughs> that would have been removed and changed. I'll let you continue. I just need to interject that. It is just wrong. Her daughter owns the Airbnb now in my hometown that belongs to Rue McClanahan. If you want to go to the Golden Owned Girls. by the words. Yes, owned by the words. Well, her daughter, I don't know what her name is now. Anyway. Okay, please, so, please, please. But I, it was, for me, there was more of a, I know I feel differently about him but i thought it was like the same time like a year later when uh we had the eighth grade lock-in and everybody took off their shirts to play basketball like shirts and skins playing basketball and i went whoa i just thought that i like a you know thought maybe i thought a part of me i think my conscious brain said oh you just wish you could be athletic and be an athlete but wow. my, so I like that's what I told myself. You were really protecting. Yeah, that. it was really where my subconscious in the background was going. Gay, 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 See, gay. I think my subconscious was stronger, and it did produce a lot of shame. Yeah, but for yeah, me, a lot of shame. But I think for me, my response was to go even further inward and create all of these crazy landscapes in my brain about stories and mm. things like that. Or I was into music. Mm-hmm. And I thoroughly, and the only way I could express myself, um, because I was such a dark, gross thing on the inside, mm-hmm. and uh, and I, I literally said, I remember writing in my journal, I will never, I will always be alone, I will never have relationships. Mm, yeah. I remember writing that. And because Where I, I thought I was going to have a wife and kids right. and do all of that. Yeah. So, in a way, both of these were magical thinking on yeah. the other side of the coin. Mm-hmm. Mine was just... <laughs> And and yours was more what what you thought one day you would wake up and you would want to like women sexually or you just never or maybe you didn't expect that. Yeah, I think it. I always thought I would have a happy life. I just thought I would have a happy life as that. And I say that because it sounds like you didn't know like if you would have a happy life. Right? I did not know that. And so it was interesting when I did came out, come out, I was very happy to come out, but I had to grieve the happy life that I thought I was going to have as like a straight man. I thought I wasn't going to be out kids. Oh, I thought I was going to I never had to do that. So I went through all of that when I came yeah. out of letting that fantasy life go. Um, for for yeah. me, the first time I like kissed a boy in college, or 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 later on, like like sleeping with a guy, I was like, "This is what it's supposed to be like." I do remember the first time I was with a guy. I was like, "This is why people write love songs." Yeah, because and, bless, and I, bless their hearts, I didn't this, have any of that. In my girlfriend. This I exactly, and this is why Vanessa Williams sang "Save the Best for Last." And it's so interesting because when I I I could never bring myself, even though I did sleep with a woman once. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't bad, but 
it was but it wasn't connected it wasn't it was because i thought i needed to yeah but i had zero feelings yeah and y'all i guarantee you if you're a woman out there i was the first gay boy you tried to date because i was aloof I was kind of I would give you everything that you thought a friend would but I but I was I would only show part of you and you wanted me even more for it. Mm, yeah. So I'm going to apologize on behalf of all secretive dreamy brooding gay boys that you tried to date who ran the lighting booth. <laughs> That's true. And if I, you dated a gay boy like me who could French braid your hair and pick out outfit <laughs> for you, I can't feel sorry for you. No, because you, you should have woke up. You, you, you were dumb. Should have known. Should have known. Should have known. You, you were headless. Yeah, bless your heart. You still married to a gay. Check your husband. Check your husband. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. JD Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For JD Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or SleepNumber.com. Sibling fights are unavoidable. But what if every fight you had was under a microscope on a global scale? That's the reality for brothers Prince William and Prince Harry. They were each other's closest friends and allies since the death of their mother, but that all began to crack as they married and took wildly different approaches to their royal duties. Wondery's podcast, Dis and Tell, is hosted by comedians Sidney Battle and Matt Belisai. Each episode unpacks one of pop culture's most iconic celebrity feuds, and they recently took a deeper look into the real reason William versus Harry started. It's actually much bigger than these two brothers, stretching back into the history of the British monarchy. Did their feud start with the royal family's mistreatment of Meghan Markle? Or is it something that started much earlier? Follow Dis and Tell on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. To all our queens, to Caitlin and the Canadian sissies. Oh my God, Poodle. I can't stop singing that song either. It's so catchy. So catchy. Sissies, we are obsessed with the Songfinch original song that we premiered at the Toronto Live Show. Songfinch lets you create an original radio quality song inspired by your own life and the people you love. It's completely unique, personal, and lasts forever. For example, we wanted to create a song dedicated to our Canadian listeners, some of which have waited four to five years to see us live. After the show, we had so many people tell us how special the song made them feel, and we are still getting DMs and comments about it. And the Songfinch songwriter was so clever, incorporating all our sissy references like Aunt Peggy's Lip, Elizabeth Smart, and even Keep Going Queens. Yes! Songfinch walks you through a simple process to create your original song. Just tell them who the song is for, what style of song you want, and then share some personal details about your relationship. Then an actual Songfinch musician of your choice will write, record, and produce your original song in just four to seven days. You can also choose unique add-ons to make the gift even more personalized, like a vinyl record of your song or a piece of -of one-of-a-kind art made from your lyrics. You can even add your song to Spotify. With more than 350,000 happy customers, Songfinch is proud to be called the number one custom music company in the world. 
Whether your song is for Mother's Day, Father's Day, an upcoming graduation or a wedding, or just to show a loved one how much you care, start your song now to lock in a top Songfinch artist. And for a limited time, Songfinch is letting our listeners upload their song to Spotify for free so you and the lucky person you gift it to can listen to it anywhere, anytime. Go to songfinch.com slash realitygaze and start your song. After you purchase, you'll be prompted to add Spotify streaming for your original song for free, a $50 value. Again, our URL is songfinch.com slash realitygaze. Don't forget to share your song with us, too. songfinch.com slash realitygaze. Now, Gary, play us out with a little bit of our Songfinch original song to all our queens. Have hope and find you're happy Hey, hey, our Canadian listeners We know you get tired of waiting Reality Gaze is coming to you So no more complaining To all our queens To Caitlin and The Canadian sissies Love yourself Never be ashamed To all our queens To Caitlin and The Canadian sissies Love yourself, never be ashamed Have hope and find you're happy Have hope, have hope Keep going, queens Now, so, but we talk about not being seen. I'm interested in growing up. We're... Was there anyone or whether it was in your real life or on television or not in college, but in younger, did you ever feel seen in your community at all in any way? Maybe not. In my community, seen as... Or on television, did you see... When was the first time you remember seeing something that... Seeing myself? Seeing seeing yourself. Did that ever happen as a kid? You know, um... It didn't really happen until I was probably a teenager, and then I saw my so-called life. Mm. And strangely enough, yes, Ricky, I kind of identified with. Claire Danes, I really identified with. I was Angela. Now it makes sense, and I'm not into this to make fun of, because, y'all, we live in Los Angeles. So, like, it's so funny that you and I have both, because... We both had an experience where we once hung out and kind of uh, like, I say party, but it sounds like we did something sorted, but we hung out with the Lawrence brothers. So I did meet Joey Lawrence yeah. and that was a moment. But I know like you completely lost your, the day we saw Jordan Catalano. Oh, I lost my fucking shit. But that makes sense though now. Why that? Oh. Because you're not a, we're, we're both really not star fuckers, but- in that moment, I remember we went out. You were way more calm about it than I, I was, was shaking. And when you saw George, you could not. I remember like asking you if you wanted French fries. And you know how passionate Poodle is about fries. Adrenaline could, you flooded my system. You started crying. I, I, it was, and it, and it, it's so interesting because I never seen someone. Because I've on, never seen that show. Oh, it's such. A good it show. aired on Fox or whatever network we, or whatever network we didn't it was have ABC. it. Was it ABC? I, I never saw it. I think you certain you. It wasn't the Disney Channel, so you weren't watching. True. Go ahead. Um, it didn't involve Haley Mills, so you. But aren't. I bring that up so here you were in your mid twenties, seeing Jordan Catalano, seeing, seeing Jared Leto, Jared Leto at the One Hundred and One Cafe, which is now closed, but yeah. seeing him 
And it was just and my, what was that feeling? My fourteen year old, fifteen year old boy, gay boy self saw who who I knew I was Angela. And because and that was the she had, of her she thing. was she was a moody girl with 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 not a lot of friends, and she had a lot of emotions. And I had never seen a character like that before, and that was me. Mm. And I know a lot of women in my same age bracket had the same, same things thing. and had the same Jared Leto problem. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's and and. Because he represented something that was unattainable mm-hmm. and something we would never get. And, but still, it didn't mind. I, I, I pined after him. Mm. Um, and that hair. And that hair. He had the best hair. Ugh. I didn't watch the show, but I do remember his hair. Um, and the way he would stand with one leg against the wall. I do remember that visual, yeah. Oh, boy. Boy. Anyway, I, I Mine think, was real life. I just yeah. had, mine was when I went to arts camp. Yeah, and in the summer, and that's where I actually saw gay people for the first time. That were actually, and that was in Oklahoma. Uh, well, the Oklahoma Arts Institute. That's why I still give them money every month because they were like gay camp for me, and they were this place where I could go and I saw not only it helped me realize I could be an artist because I saw a working artists, but I saw someone on like Visitors Day, their boyfriend came, and I went, wait. What? Yeah. And it that was a that was the first time in like my especially it clicked in around my sophomore year of high school that I went, Oh, I'm probably like that. Yeah. And then you were kind of put off by it at first and you were going, Uh, that's definitely not me because I w I don't I I don't yeah. want to do that. But a part of me though wanted to like hang out with them. You know, I wouldn't yeah. but I wanted to just like But you're too scared be to ra- yeah, be, yeah. 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 It's, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's interesting because then you're exactly right. You would have to you would – this is the other thing about growing up LGBTQ uh, in a small town or rural area. If you do choose to do that, part of you knows that your whole life and your whole existence is going to be shattered. No, and that's You what, have to start over. That's what I had to grieve. And, but which is – But you said you also had to grieve the life you would have. I had to grieve the life I thought Both. I had. Yeah. And so – and I thought, you know – when you you don't think it's better now there was you, there was no will and grace there was nothing on television for us to see so i didn't know gay people could have children i didn't cut to yeah. it now i don't want kids but but you did but i did and so i never did <laughs> but i think a lot of that changed i mean kind of segueing in i think for me it was that was the whole it was a freeing aspect for me to move to los angeles and yeah. because what was it like for you? I mean, now we lived in L.A. for years, but what you had been to big cities and traveled some, but what was it like for you to actually live in a city like L.A. where there is a lot more acceptance? I think when – I think whenever you go outside your own tribe, when you meet people who don't know your people, mm-hmm. that is an extremely – freeing experience because it means I you realize I can be whoever the fuck I want you want to be and I I knew that and I dreamed as a child of having that and I knew I would live some other places and as soon as I could I I left I went to school in Michigan um but uh and I'd been around different cities I went to graduate school other places but um but as soon as you are around people who don't even know your people 
so I, I would for anybody who's listening and you're you're in a you know small area in a in a kind of an isolated place. What I would tell you is take a chance and be around people who don't know your people. And you will find a freedom that is there. You will find friends. Oh, yeah, you will. So, you know, I've never asked you this because obviously – so I moved out. I came out when I was 19. You came out when you were – what age were you? Like in my 20s. And so – I moved out to L.A. with a friend, and then about a year later, you moved out, and the three of us lived together in a house. Yeah. But, you know, we all had to get day jobs, and you got a job at a bookstore. Oh, but, pride. But, but something <laughs> I've never asked you about, did you – you could have worked at any bookstore. Yeah. Did you specifically say, I want to work at the gay bookstore in West Hollywood, this mecca of queer <laughs> – was that a conscious choice, or did you just uh, hook up with a guy, and he said, hey, I know a bookstore? Like, how did that happen? <laughs> That's usually um, how it happens. I was working with a director at the time who uh, music directing a show for him. He said, do you want a job? And I said, yeah, I want a job. And he's like, it's at the gay bookstore. I was like, even better. So what was it like? This is, a, this is an LGBT bookstore, I should it's call it. It's now closed. It's but- now closed. A lot of, and if you know anything about LGBT bookstores... These are these were places where the gay rights movement started, and yeah. places that that queer people could meet that were safe. We had bars and bookstores. That's and it. That's kind of it. Yeah. And this was this was a different uh, this was a different light bookstore, which was in West Hollywood. And I was working there, and it's it's interesting because I'd never lived in a pl- I'd never been in a place where being gay was so celebrated, and I could be so either feminine we the the men who worked there when we greeted one another we kissed each other on the mouth yeah and they called like they called you jackie yes and i had never experienced that so before. like yeah that's what because yeah i know you had traveled around the world a lot but i'd but never been around like, that kind of gay men yeah like in very free pickens to one literally one of the most gay places in the yeah. world um i the transition happened quickly <laughs> I she took to it. I did <laughs> quickly, like, like a like a duck to water. But you know, I feel like for a lot of people, when you when you are able to kind of, it's a cliche term to use, but when you're able to be to to live authentically in the truthful you, you do take to it pretty quickly because yeah. it's the who you are. I think that that's it as well. I think for a lot of people, I can speak to myself. There are a lot of me's. There are a lot of sides to me, so I can switch into that pretty easily. The mm-hmm. one thing that queer people are very good at is code switching. Yeah, we're very... and because we learn to do it for survival. Yeah, uh, you can Google code switching. It's a whole whole thing about being acting a certain way around a certain group of people. There's yeah, and um, there's a, a film uh, passing. Yes, it's not about queer, but it's about yeah, yeah black people. Passing. But um, I. The the being in a space that was mostly LGBTQ people, almost entirely, and there was a freedom that came. We we all we we all were very free. We talked very free with one another. Mm-hmm. Um, I would I one of my jobs was to set up the porn, and so and I and I I got to where I there were there were no limits of what I hadn't seen, mm-hmm. and so it did. It's one of the reasons why, if you hear me on the podcast, why I just talk about things. The bookstore was very helpful with that. All of my hangups about sex 
quickly went away. <laughs> yeah, oh, I think a lot. And, yeah. you know, for me, it was when I was at North Texas, there was a costume designer friend who was he was very out and gay. And so that was helpful I remember for me. him. Yeah. Yeah. My friend Daryl, he took me to see Sorted Lives for the first time. And I saw myself in that movie. But for me, it was actually when I worked at the law office and it was a very, you know, in the middle of L.A., Beverly Hills area, a lot of liberal-minded people. It was listening to them talk about their lives, and they were friends with other gay people. And they would just say, oh, we went to dinner this weekend with my friend Jonathan and his partner Rob. And you go, oh. And that was something I never experienced was just hear and people ask me about my life yeah. and you know and interested in my life and, and your nuclear gay boss yes oh yes <laughs> and but really i was getting again you took that shining for me. like the sun i had a very, very just amazingly gay queer boss who kind of i look at like a mentor to me and i think that's something that you know we we forget as queer people that we need mentors yeah you know and so that was a that was a big deal for me um so how do you feel like now that, you know... It's interesting. This is going to segue into the next thing. Yeah, go ahead. Where Pride, the ceremony, the, the celebration of Pride, I had to work Pride every year because it was all hands on deck and the bookstore was right in the middle of it's Pride. It's like Christmas in West Hollywood times 10, and y'all. <laughs> you are... Never forget the year that he dropped the box of poppers and almost <laughs> and had to come home early because you were lightheaded. Whoa! I wasn't right for a while. <laughs> you weren't. Yeah. Couldn't stand up, if you know what I mean. <laughs> you couldn't. So, but it was interesting. Uh, it takes away what pride does, is especially if you're working it. I, 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 I love it when people talk about how, glo- how glorious and fun pride is. I don't think a lot of you have ever worked a Pride Festival. <laughs> no, that's a lot. Because you see the other side of it. You see the people puking in your bathroom. You see the people who are there to cruise. And But you, you have to continuously remember this is what began as a sense of protest. But every year, I worked there for four years, every year working Pride. And there were other Prides that would happen and other festivals. It... It just did get it. Is, is this all it is for people? Is a is just a party to drink and mm-hmm. have a lot of sex, and and but at the same time, you because saw, I just want to preface, yeah. I feel like sometimes in the media, not not queer media, sometimes in a negative way, some media try to they'll promote pride as just this debaucherous, yeah, bacchanal or whatever. It's kind of like just party. I and I think the, and the it's not queer, that to me at all. The queer media has tried to reclaim that a little bit more. I agree, yeah. but um, I it's interesting. It it's not that it still feels a little like that to me, mm-hmm. just because I had to see it so much mm-hmm. of it. Um, however, and I will say that's not the part of I don't like crowds. I I like to I like to meet people and 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 drink and and hook up and but. It's too much. It's Mm -hmm. overwhelming for me. But my kind of, what I did learn is there would be people coming into town just for pride who don't get what I was always touched by, uh, and then they touched me later. Um, Wow. (laughs) What I was always touched by were the people who would come in from the kind of more rural areas of California, and they would come in once a year, and they would come and buy all of their um, kind of queer books for the year and all of their supplies 
and this was their one big event. Yeah. And sometimes some of them were couples, some of them were singles, and then you realize how important and um, and central it is to these people's lives that this is the way they define their experience. And yeah, so that's what it meant to me is seeing those people. It's visibility. Like we were just talking to someone earlier today, but I said, you know, when I was back in Oklahoma and Texas, like I never was brave enough in Dallas to go to a pride parade, but yet I would go to the middle of like Target in the small town and there'd be a rainbow shirt. Mm-hmm. Like that was that was visibility I needed because it was just sometimes people that live in small towns just have a rainbow yeah. shirt and Target. It's their pride. But then later I went. So for me, pride I haven't gone out. I do. I do like going to all the booths and seeing how many, how the community is so involved in all the different ways yeah. queer people were supported. It does make you feel accepted. It does. Yeah. For me, it was very. You know, I talked about this on the podcast, but last year I actually was asked to come back to MC the first, uh, or the, I think it was the second annual Pride in my hometown of of uh, Ardmore and Long Grove. That was so for me celebrating Pride took on a different meaning because we live in LA where things are so accepted here. Things still could get better. Yeah. But it's a different level. And so for me, I went, Oh, turned it on. It is important for us to have pride. It is important for us to put, uh, to put out a, to put out a, a rainbow or a trans or a bisexual, whatever flag, flag yeah. to put that out in my front lawn in my community because... Very necessary, yeah. Little Sarah, who lives in Chicota or wherever, is going to drive by and see this, and that is she is seen when she sees right. that flag. And to go back, it was very moving to go back and see so many young kids who showed up to this Ardmore Pride. And the things we did there, yeah, there was like... You could get like a beer, but we did like arts and crafts. We did a drag queen story time. So I think I want to remind people that I, if you live in a city that isn't a big mecca city, but if you live in a city, even with a hundred thousand people that has its own pride, go take your family. It's such a beautiful family experience in these little smaller town prides. And you'll be because a lot there happen all over the nation. I don't think people think they think of just San Francisco, New York, LA. And there's a pushback of people saying, and there's the same pushback of people saying, uh, kink shaming at pride. So like, they don't want to see leather people. They don't want to like family, family time. And only because, but you know, the leather community, kink communities, those are a part of Pride, too. No, those are a part of Pride, so, too. I just think it doesn't usually happen as much in smaller communities. I agree. I, I, would, I would also ask maybe just warm them up a little bit. Into, yeah, a little bit. <laughs> but I, Before you go full-on gimp costume or pup mask. Yeah, exactly. I, we didn't see that in Ardmore. <laughs> it was really – it honestly just felt like a, 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 a community picnic. It reminded me of our church picnics that we used to have in Central yeah. Park. And it was – so it reminded me – it just reminded me how it, if we think we still don't need pride anymore, yeah. we actually we really do really do. It's really important for people to just uh, to, to get see them to see that someone in their community because a lot of times some of these some of these kids are living with parents who don't support them. Right. So to see that their that their neighbor has a rainbow flag in front of their yeah. house. That's the thing that tells them it's okay to be them. Yeah. And even me in – I was what I was talking about earlier, even me in Los Angeles when I would have to work pride stuff, people would come in and things like, I am not into that. 
And later on, I would be meeting them. I would meet these two elderly men and who would talk to them. And then they'd be talking to me about books. But they'd be in a full leather harness, ass chaps, and mm-hmm. uh, mask. And, uh, and then and we'd have the best conversation. Yeah. And then I would be like, oh, sure, I'll, I'll, co- I'll, come, to your, um, I'll come to your tea that you're having. Uh, yeah, don't go with them to a second location. No. That's what I would suggest not but doing. But now, <laughs> you own all that apparel. So, but no, but I call I that- a thriving like, business. You do. Poodle has a pup mask. And you think when you're younger, <laughs> you, the things we kind of go, oh, I don't know if I'm comfortable yeah, but, with that. And that's what pride is to chat, like, especially if you think that you're a, that, that you know, oh, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm a vanilla gay, but- a lot of times pride is to challenge what you think. Our community is very accepting for a reason. Because so, nothing was accepted in right. our community. So that's right. why we're accepted. That's why we're very sex positive on our show. Right. Because we never got to, uh, you know, some people think, well, I don't want the sexual component of pride. But you got to understand. That's we part were of it. Never, be, never able to talk about just Hey, I kissed a guy, and what did that? Yeah. What was that like? We never were able to. Katy Perry has "I Kissed a Girl" and it went viral. Yeah, but there's not a song that's called "I Kissed a Guy" that's a number one hit. <laughs> there's a reason for that yeah, because no. for at least for queer men. So yeah. it's um you know, and wow, I think it's just maybe maybe we will go out and about. You want to go see? No. Well, okay. Well, Poodle still doesn't like people. Pride, pride to me is let let them have their big party, and I'll just be at home watching. Oh, I the love hours. going to a festival and and seeing the people festival. and talking to people and no dressing up when I had one, dressing up my dog in a rainbow outfit. I loved it. Loved yeah, it. Not for me, but that's but that's that's okay. The There's way I celebrate, celebrate the way I celebrate pride is very different. And on that note, the way you celebrate pride is like it's a thumbprint. It's a fingerprint of however you want to celebrate. What do you love? The last question is, what do you love so much about it? What I do you love so much about pride. What do you love about pride? I love that. What I like, what I love about pride is I, there is still a part of me that never thought I would be able to do this. Yeah. Even now at 43 and being out for since I was nine, I literally been out now more in my life than I was in the closet. And still there's that part of me that I'll drive around in LA during pride weekend. And I see people, even if I'm not going, I see people walking, whether they're wearing a harness or where they're pushing their stroller of their child and they all have their rainbow flags on and their faces are painted and they're gay and they're queer and they're straight or they're trans or they're gender, whatever. And I've seen them all going to support a community and there's still that part of me that says, I never thought I would see that. Yeah. That's my favorite thing about pride. It's just this still, there's something that it's like, it, it's it's just a child. It's almost a, it taps into a childhood dream realized. Yeah, similar for me. I think mine is every time I would just when I when I was working my first LA Pride is when I w- when I saw um, I saw uh, a lesbian couple with a child, uh, and the child was probably four or five, and I remember thinking, God, that kid looks like me. Mm. Um, or that—that's what I would look like, and how 
joyful the child was and how basically the parents were just saying, this is fine. We see you and who you are and it's okay to be you whether you're queer, LGBT or not. And I'm thinking if I, that made me feel more whole. Mm, That's yeah. saying that's okay for, that made the little boy inside me who mm-hmm. is, y'all, uh, Queer people's inner kids are always need to be fed with something. We're mm-hmm. we're always we're we always need work. <laughs> oh, I I well, I think anybody's inner child, but especially yeah, yeah. when we were deprived but a lot. I just I, that that I will never stop. I it's it's so good feeling the validation that says, hey, "Kid, you're okay. You're fine. Just are just as you are." So and that's what I love about and it. And then you ask the couple, "Hey, are you going to buy something? If not, get if out not, of the book. Get the fuck out of here." <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Two for one on Brokeback Mountain. <laughs> all the lesbian stuff's gone. Yeah, Audrey yeah, they Lord already got, got it all. That guy bought up on the first day. Yeah. Sorry. 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 All the lesbian erotica's gone. Gone. Sorry. <laughs> um, well, we only got uh, only got penis mags from now on else. And on that note, <laughs> Happy Pride, everybody. Happy Thank Pride, you. everybody. Thank you for listening to this special episode. We enjoy it. Let us know in uh, let us know on Twitter, Instagram. Um, we'll put a post up for this, but let us know. How, how you do you celebrate Pride? Yeah. What do you love about Pride? Yeah, what do you love about Pride? Let us know. And thank you again to ACAST so much for being such wonderful, um, uh, just a wonderful family to be in and a wonderful, uh, supportive partner. And a diverse uh, place to to call, kind of call our podcast home. Exactly. All right, Happy every- Pride, everybody. Happy Pride. Happy Pride, guys. And next up in the ACAST Pride Parade is Uncomfortable Conversations with Josh Steps in Sydney, Australia. It's reality, yes. Let's blow. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you.